This is an energy sport podcast. Insightful, in-depth and entertaining sports content from Napier to you. Hello and welcome to Broken Front Wings, the F1 podcast on energy sport. I am Alistair Russell. I'm joined as ever by Matthew Henderson. And today we have the energy sports supremo, Jack Donnelly, joins us. Hello. Hello, hello. How are we? Very well. How are you doing, Jack? I'm doing well, Matthew. I'm doing well. Excited to be here. How are you getting on? You all right? Yeah, very well. Uh, can't say we were excited during the race. It was a pretty boring one, to be fair. It wasn't the best one. And I feel, I feel like it's been a bit of a wasted guest slot because you would normally want an yeah. extra voice on when something's actually happened on a circuit. Exactly. But, like, for example, here we are. Imola. It would have been yes. great to have you on at Imola talk about the Valtteri Bottas, George Russell incident. But, um, yeah, here we are. Here we are indeed. I'm sure there will hopefully be many other opportunities to have guests on this season when an exciting race has actually happened. But I'd first like to start off by congratulating anyone who actually made it through the Portuguese Grand Prix. It wasn't the best race, so if you managed to stay awake for all of it, well done. So let's get straight into it. Hamilton won from Verstappen and Bottas with Sergio Perez finishing fourth and Lando Norris another strong performance in fifth. Yeah, very tough to see Lando Norris in fifth. He qualified seventh. Yeah, it was all around a decent performance. McLaren has pace. Um, and I think this just uh, reaffirms the fact that McLaren is definitely the third fastest car on the grid um, and can and Lando Norris can comfortably uh, sit in those positions and doesn't get too flustered because he is in his, uh, he is in his third season now. So we're starting to see what he's really made of and he's not really making too many rookie mistakes. He's pretty consistent and we, he proved to Imola that he could handle um, the math, uh, the might of, sorry, of Lewis Hamilton breathing down his neck. Um, so he's definitely proving himself um, and a strong performance today. Now, let's get into our usual post-race activities. Gentlemen, who was our driver of the day today? I, I'm going to go... I know Norris had a strong performance. I mean, Norris is uh, my favourite driver on the grid. I know Matthew's the same, but I don't yeah, think I'd definitely. give it to Norris. I think I would give it to his teammate, though, Danny Ricardo. Like starting yeah, P sixteen, having a really nice, really strong drive from him as well, showing that McLaren pace again, and then finishing P nine, so getting into the points after starting well, well outside them after a bit of a nightmare in quality uh, on Saturday afternoon. So, yeah, I mean there wasn't really a lot of kind of position changes throughout the uh, throughout the grid, any of significance anyway, other than maybe the top three kind of switching to and fro a little bit. But I think Ricardo did enough to kind of earn that spot for me yeah definitely I, I agree um for the purposes of uh uh keeping it different i think i'm going to put my uh my driver of the day of as uh max verstappen he had a he did a decent qualifying but i think he just um he kept the pressure on hamilton and kept him honest um he managed to split the mercedes which is something always good because um the uh it's the kind of almost the meme ham bought var hamilton bought us verstappen in that order so it's nice to see Verstappen uh, hide up. And to be fair, he had the pace. He just made a couple of mistakes. But yeah. I definitely think he had a solid performance. Fastest, definitely the fastest car. Um, as just the mistakes let him down. And Mercedes, even when they're not the fastest, they can still win. That's Mercedes for you. Um, but yeah, I'll put my, my driver of the day at Max Verstappen. See, I was torn for my driver of the day between Lewis Hamilton, who frankly had a pretty flawless race in probably not the most fancied car on the grid at the moment but he had 
the pace and he had to have a fight back for it and he did fight back and he had a strong performance but also I would put Fernando Alonso he had a strong yes, second part of the race yeah. yeah yeah and finished in the points as well which yeah, I believe was his first point first points on his F1 return as well so he had a very strong race I thought Alpine overall had a pretty strong race. They had they were P seven and P eight, so um yeah. Ocon was a bit of a surprise, to be honest. I didn't expect to see him that that high up the grid after qualifying and then sure he dropped down one place but still maintaining that and having a a kinda good day after uh, overall for Alpine. Alpine had a very very strong race and very strong weekend on the whole, in fact, I would say, which is why I've got them as my team of the race. I think, yeah, I think for team of the to be honest, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, was, it was a bit of a kind of lacklustre performance from maybe Ferrari. I know they probably would have hoped for better. Uh, you look at McLaren. You could probably argue McLaren, just considering where they'd started and kind of where they ended up finishing with Norris further up than he'd started. And obviously, Ricardo, as Matthew and I have detailed, you could always just kind of say Mercedes considering, uh, but... And again, Verstappen did end up splitting them rather than having it finish 1-2. But no, I think Alpine's the fair shout for me, definitely. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think Red Bull's also an honourable mention. Um, Sergio Perez was P4. Um, and I think Red Bull have really found what they've been looking for over the past few seasons because obviously they had Pierre Gasly and he was he struggled. Um, Alex Albon couldn't really live up to expectations either, um, leaving many to believe, even us, that... Um, that the the second Red Bull seat was cursed, but Sergio Perez is exactly where Red Bull need them need him to be. He led, um, a small portion of the race. He was not necessarily fighting, um, Mercedes at every turn, but he was up there in the top four, which is exactly what Red Bull need when they're yeah. definitely one of the fastest. If it doesn't look good for Red Bull if there are other drivers down in twelfth, which was quite often the case for like like mm-hmm. Alex Albon, so. Yeah, it's a strong performance from Sergio Perez and Red Bull. I think we need to remember as well, Perez was leading the race on 40-lap old tyres as well. Yeah. Up against Hamilton and Bottas, who were gaining on him and who had pitted previously and were on fresher tyres. I know they were the hards, but I would, t- I would take a fresher set of hards over a very, very worn set of mediums any day. Yeah, the state, yeah. The state of his tyres when they came off, they looked awful. There was the amusing part of the race where Hamilton started crying for blue flags when trying to get past Perez that as well. Funny. Yes, that, 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 that was pretty it's funny. a very Hamilton problem to have, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He was like, oh, blue flags, and Bono was like, um, no, he's ahead. Yes, sir, <laughs> we're racing him. We're racing him. We were, doing, we were doing well for Hamilton bingo today. We had, not well, not quite my tyres are dead, Bono, but we had my tyres are shot. Yeah. Followed by another 20 or so laps on said shot <laughs> yes, tyres. As that ever. a cliche, Keeping, isn't it? It really is now a bit, isn't it? He keeps... It is every race. There's a tyre complaint every race, just about. There is. Yeah, he, he, he's like, Bono, my tyres are gone. And then sets, like, fast the flap. I mean, it, it really <laughs> is a meme. It, it's, it, it's beyond funny now. We're doing well for memes this season, then. Maz- oh, yes. Mazepin had an interesting race. We shall possibly talk about that later on. Yeah, but, him and Perez. Him and Perez. But move of the race, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about, but move of the race for me would have to be Hamilton to take the lead from Bottas at turn one mm. round the outside. Yeah, good good move. Um yeah, he just he, he came down the straight, he had DRS, Bottas kinda kept it a little bit too far to the right and we saw today that drivers defending the into that corner the right hand side was the only really place 
real place they could go. And by moving to the right, they just opened up the corner for their rival. Um, and Hamilton just fully sent it. Um, and yeah, it was quite ballsy. I don't think had it been the other way around, I don't think Bottas would have done that move. I think no, definitely. I do agree. I think that was a very smart move from Hamilton, and it's one. And I never want to kind of speak bad about Bottas because obviously he's there and he's been in the Mercedes team for years at this point. But it just yeah, you're absolutely right in saying it, absolutely. But you're absolutely right in saying that if he was in the same situation, Hamilton would have defended it, and that's yeah. kind of par for the course of what it has been. So it, definitely a good move. It reminds me saying that or saying if if that was Bottas on Hamilton, it wouldn't have happened. It reminds me of a few years ago in Bahrain when Sebastian Vettel was leading on tyres that were shot because Mercedes switched the two-stop, Ferrari stayed on the one to stay with track position, Bottas caught him and just couldn't get past him. And I remember Steve Jones, Channel 4 presenter, asking David Coulthard, Mark Webber and Susie Wolfe, said if that had been Hamilton behind Vettel, would Mercedes have won the race today? And they all said in unison, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, um... Yeah, Lewis Hamilton. We kind of sit here, um, and go, oh, okay, Hamilton won again, shock order, um, but you have to remember, you have to remember the fact that Valtteri Bottas and Lewis Hamilton are in the exact same car, and yeah. who's always winning, it 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 tells you something about the man and the racer that he is. He is a phenomenal driver. Um, he is arguably the greatest we have ever seen. I mean, he's one pole position away from a hundred poles. Which is mental. Would you consider when the previous record was Michael Schumacher on 58? Yeah. It's just unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. There's not many things. He's he's set records in pretty much everything. Um, I think the only big one he's not got of Schumacher's was uh, the World Championship. He's not really. Um, He's level. He's level. level. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. He's not not got it, but he's he's almost got it. He's. um, one another yeah. record that Hamilton also doesn't have, which is our, which is one of the oldest records in the book, is he doesn't have the most Grand Slams. That record is still held by Jim Clark, and a Grand Slam is pole position, fastest lap, led every lap. Hamilton has, I think, four or five, and Jim Clark has six or seven, and he still holds that record. I think the last... It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh... I have mentioned my drive of the day. Uh, sorry, my move of the day, and um, I think for me the move of the day has to be London Norris on um Esteban Ocon at the beginning of the race. He just I'd agree. He that just he well. just sent it. That was um, a brilliant move, and I think it's just more proof that Lando is turning into the driver that we all know he can be. When we saw him in F two in twenty eighteen, um, although he didn't he didn't win, he he had potential. He came into F one in twenty nineteen. He had a few car problems. The famous um, it's broken. It's uh, broken. It's broken. It's broken. It's broken. <laughs> um, anti stall, anti stall. Um, that was yeah, <laughs> heartbreaking. That was pretty much when I started to really like Lando. Um, and kind of saw him as not just Jarvis driver, but he had, he did really good. Um, in twenty nineteen, just had a few unlucky things. Twenty twenty, he was solid. Only one DNF can't complain about that and that was a mechanical dnf as well so mm-hmm. yeah he stays out of trouble but he's very racy and this is just proving that he's not afraid to, to take risks um and he's he's got the car to do it the mclaren as we've been saying it's a good car yeah 
the thing that gets me about Lando is I remember watching a crash compilation from last season the other day, and it only then sort of hit me that Lando only crashed once, and all he did at that point was lose his front wing. He didn't even go yeah. full into the barriers. He had, and that was in a practice session as well. Yeah, so he's, 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 he's incredibly clean. quick and very clean, very consistent as well. Yeah. Um, I think we've almost got a bit of a McLaren dream team at the moment. Um, although Ricardo's kind of slightly further down the standings, you have to remember that he's getting used to the car. F1 cars, they're very different. Um, the, I think Daniel Ricardo, he either said it or agreed with somebody, it's almost like different classes when you switch teams. So he's only had, what, three races now, so he's he's still getting used to it. Mm. Um, and I think he's a proven race winner, and he, he knows his stuff. He can guide the team uh, in a great way, and he can get the results. So if one McLaren's not having a good day, the other can pick it up. Um, so I think McLaren are going to be a force to be reckoned with, potentially the new regs. You would certainly hope so, considering that they have all the the expertise that that team has, and of course they have Mercedes power as well now exactly. in the back of that car. Yeah, definitely. They're doing well with the Mercedes power. Um, I think when coming into this season, although we're all excited, I think we're all sitting just going, I hope it works, I hope it works. Because we have to remember, Williams have Mercedes power. So that is very true. It's, yeah, not, true. it's not a godsend. It's not a, if you put a Mercedes engine in the back of your car, it doesn't mean you're going to be quick. The team has to do the work, um, and the fact that McLaren have managed to to take full advantage of that engine, and almost challenging Mercedes at some point, um, it's yeah, it's quite it's quite good to see. Mm. I think we've also we're talking about drivers settling into new teams and Daniel Ricciardo taking a little bit of time to get up to speed. I've been very impressed with Sainz at Ferrari, who has been oh, yeah. on the yeah. pace of Charles Leclerc almost instantly. Yeah, no, he's uh, definitely yeah. kind of stepped up, hasn't he? I mean, I, d- I did kind of think, like, is it, is it going to be any different? Because I think, as a unit, him and Norris really blended well together uh, last season. And I think that was kind of, in no small part, uh, due to their kind of off-course or off-race relationship, kind of off the grid. They were just, they were very, very close, and they still are. And I had a feeling that it might not kind of play it the same way if, he, if he's away from Norris and he going up against... Uh, Leclerc, but it's been fantastic to see him. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of science in general, and I think he's really, really stepped up. And it was, it was always the case that in the last couple of years, Leclerc's made an average-looking Ferrari look very good. Yeah, yeah. He, both he, of them are being able to do the exact same this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he put. Uh, did he not put the the probably the worst Ferrari in recent years on the podium last year? Um, he did. He in, managed. He managed two podiums last year. Yeah. But the qualifying performances were what really impressed me with Charles Leclerc last year. The fact exactly. that the race pace was shockingly bad in mm-hmm. that car, yeah. but he that managed to pull it. Fault, that yeah. wasn't his fault, but he managed no. to get some extraordinary results out of that car in qualifying. Yeah, he drew quite a lot of blood out of a stone. Um, he did. That Ferrari. <laughs> that Ferrari was, was. I know. I know. Um, I know how much you don't want to be reminded how how bad that that Ferrari was, <laughs> yeah. but it it was it was awful. Um, even at the end of twenty nineteen, when uh, that that uh, that technical directive came out and Ferrari just dropped off, it was um, yeah, it was almost sad to see. But it was. They're, they're coming back. I think I'm very excited to see what Leclerc and 
Sainz will be able to do when Ferrari give them a car capable of doing what they wanted to do. But it's also, I think, there is... I'm sure we'll probably at some point do an episode on the silly season when all the driver market rumours start Mm. kicking off. But I think it will be sad to see Ferrari's long-term plan is Leclerc. Um, Sainz has been brought in as a number two. He will probably challenge that at some point. But he is most likely only going to be there until Mick Schumacher is ready to step up. I think so as well. Yeah, I think they might keep Mick Schumacher at Haas. Definitely, probably next season, but yeah. you never know. Charles Leclerc, he came that. into the season in 2018, he was spent um, that season with Alfa Romeo Sauber and then got, this for the season after, got one of the biggest Ferrari contracts ever. Yeah. So you never know, Ferrari might turn around and go, yeah, Mick, we want you now. Um, yeah. I would be it, surprised if they do that, because certainly Charles had a much better starting point as of a car than mm. Mick Schumacher has. Because the Haas is just an absolute atrocity of a <laughs> yeah, it, it, it it's it's terrible. It really is. Um but I think Haas have kind of almost resided themselves this year to kind of just like right we'll turn yeah, because the they've not they've back. not developed it at all, have they? They've no, not developed not. anything no, out of the car they're, because they're, they're waiting for next season. They've all they've yeah. done is adapt the car last year's car to meet this year's regulations and that's it. Which has yeah. not worked at it's all. It's not worked, no. Not even it's... with the new Ferrari and the new Ferrari power unit in no. the back. But speaking of all things terrible and all things shocking, who is our shocker of the race? For me, has to be Kimi Raikkonen because yeah. he he made a rookie mistake. He's one of the he's the longest surfing F one driver. He's over forty years old, and he just clipped his front wing like a complete. On his teammate, like a complete rookie, and brought out the safety car. I mean, uh, I it's would, not something you expect from Raikkonen. I, I would very much agree with that, that Raikkonen <laughs> had an absolute shocker mm. of a one-lap race that it was for him. Yeah. it was. I kind of I had uh, flashbacks to Mugello um, last year, and uh, yeah, because I just saw this big debris flying along the straight, and I was like oh my god there's been a big crash and then I was like no Raikkonen just clipped his front wing on his teammate it's like yeah it it looked quite bad but it wasn't I think I think I I would probably agree but for for the sake of doing the inverse of you Matthew and going different again uh, I think it's it's time to ring the weekly Mazepin alarm because (laughs) again Uh, just getting a five second time penalty for just racing on a blue flag and not and not yeah. letting Perez go clean through. And it I just was... remember seeing it at the time and thinking, what on earth are you doing? Like what have, yeah. what has he got to gain from preventing Perez's advancement? I mean I don't it know. didn't really it wouldn't have done much in the long run, Perez having that kind of clean space to run into. But for the for the benefit of two or three seconds, that that's a stupid thing to do. It's dangerous yeah. driving again, which he was notorious for it uh, in F2, F2 last year. And F two, oh my god! It just doesn't did. seem. He just doesn't seem to have kept those habits at all. It's yeah. just that's his second race completed, I suppose. Congratulations to him. But <laughs> yeah, I think it was, it, it's some pretty dodgy stuff that you see him doing F two, and he just doesn't care. Like he, he's, he's almost him... respectably shameless about it. Like, but yeah. at the same time, it's dangerous, so you can't really respect it. I mean, I was quite a big fan of Carlo Mailot in F two, and I was yeah. rooting him on. And of course, he punched Callum a lot. 
I can't actually remember what, what, but like when yeah, he he's just and he I think Yuki he was one race he was basically and then when they tried to go past him, he almost thought that hit it was his right to be there and basically ran anybody off the road who tried to pass him. And Yuki Sonoda did pass him. Um and then he almost ran him over. <laughs> so it was um yeah. I think uh, he's an interesting character. Yes, he also Both dad to be fair. He also, he also, I think he spun on Friday and tried to blame that on Max Verstappen, and oh, yeah. then Nicholas Latifi got slightly in his way accidentally in qualifying, yeah. and Mazepin then blocked him. Although Mazepin refutes that, of course he would. Of course he does. He very much refutes that. He said, "I can't. I have the quote in front of me, and I'm not sure to which." organisation he gave this quote but he said unfortunately when there's only three places on the podium and one driver called winner there's never going to be a happy 20 I'd never do anything on purpose to mess somebody's lap well that's um, 2016 Calum has entered the chat <laughs> contentious <laughs> quote to say the least press X to doubt <laughs> massive massive doubt Oh yeah, like, exactly. I, I, I'll not, I'll not beat her in the bush. I'm, I do not like Mazepin in the slightest. Who does? Uh, Who as does? a driver, or as just a person, he's he's pretty horrible person. It's a bit of a wonder to me how he's actually remained in a seat for the this season. Sweet, so, sweet cash. That's oh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I mean, is... when, when your when your car is driving as a Russian flag, you can do whatever you want. Clearly, remember it's an American team. I mean, I talked about that in my article <laughs> when when it came out. It's like. It's it's an American team painted up with a Russian flag. It's just like it's the ultimate shaking my head moment. Well, so, no, I, just the... to, just I will I will laugh at Mazepin at any given opportunity. To I, think, yeah. well, I think most people I, will. I, mean, I, I know that there's like an element of uh, non-bias on on this podcast, but at the same time, what, what I've been really enjoying lose? I've been enjoying the uh, the inadvertent shade thrown at Nikita Mazepin from. The commentators, for example, in Imola, we had how begrudgingly Martin Brundle said that wasn't Mazepin's <laughs> fault when he crashed into the Yes, that was brilliant. And brilliant. today we had Crofty say, and Mazepin is still in the race. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. They, they, they know. They know he they know. shouldn't really be there, but... Yeah, it's quite funny. I mean, I think the best description I found of him was someone described him as a personification of a shit stain. Um, and like... <laughs> I do quite like that actually. Yeah, that fits the bill quite nicely. Oh yeah, I'll need to send you both the, the the video I saw of a prediction of what he's like in Monaco, and it is literally oh, just it's it's a van going through a tunnel, but it's bouncing off the walls, <laughs> like literally going from wall to wall, just bouncing and just doing oh. massive damage to itself. Oh dear! Is... The we... prediction of how Mazepin does we... Monaco we in three weeks' be... time. We better be careful with all the Mazepin bashing. I don't want to look around and have to see a red laser dot anywhere in this room. No, <laughs> that's true. You never know where Dimitri Mazepin will be hiding. <laughs> you better watch out. You better not cry. <laughs> It's it's like F one where's Wally, but it's where's Dimitri, and he's probably somewhere that you don't want to go. <laughs> of course, oh of course, the rumor is in the paddock at the moment that he will be buying out Haas at some point during this season, mm. along with the return of F one's bad Santa, William Story, and Rich Energy. Oh God, oh God, <laughs> I'm having nightmares already. Gunther Steiner is rolling in his grave. Gunther Gunther Steiner will be. There. 
out of there so fast, I suspect, if that comes yeah. to fruition. And, and it will be that the Drive to Survive ends. That would be... Oh, God. That would probably be the best piece of programming that Netflix ever produces if that came to fruition. Gunther Steiner leaving. Like, that. oh, my God. Oh, no, just, I don't just want it to happen, but I want it to happen in. to watch it. Like, that would be yes. unbelievable. That would, it yeah. would make for an epic piece of project. Just imagine how, imagine the beeping machine would be working overtime. Oh, but that's the best oh, thing, because yeah. they don't bleep. They don't bleep that's it on the true. actual programme, so true. it would just be unbelievable. Just it would, it would be like tidings. some kind of remake of the thick of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we love about Gunter, is he just, just drops F-bombs all, of, all the time. There was a brilliant, there was a brilliant um, video of when, I think it was either the first season or this season, I think it was Jeff McFadden, an F1 journalist, now of Autosport, who oh, yeah. used to be of WTF1. Mm-hmm. And there was a video they put up of them all reacting to the first season of Drive to Survive, and she looked and appeared to be slightly shocked and taken aback at the amount that Gunter Steiner swears. Yes, that's <laughs> a quite a funny video. <laughs> um, yeah, he he isn't afraid of the F-bomb, that's for sure. He, he's fair one of those people. Fair, why would you be? <laughs> no. To be fair, it's 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 quite funny, um, and I think the drive to survive when he's just, I think in the in the video you're talking about, and he just loses his shit, like um, like Kevin Magnus and smashed the door, and he basically oh, like that was chased after him after an angry dad. Ran down the stairs. Yeah, <laughs> chasing down the paddock, <laughs> going behind him in public. It's brilliant. That was good. <laughs> anyway, that's just about all we have time for tonight thank you very much to jack and matthew for joining us and thank you very much to you for listening if indeed you were we will see you on the next one which will be out next thursday evening for the spanish grand prix because we have back-to-back races isn't that lovely thank you very much for listening goodbye